You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZWLP Conroe and 106.1 KZCCLP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Good morning. This is Rick Schisler, your Silver Fox advisor and the founder of OneBestConsult.com, welcoming you to the weekly business hour. Got a wonderful show, I think, here today for you to listen in on. Got some great guests. I already have some folks here in the studio. But before we get started, I want to take a moment and mention our show sponsor, Allegra HR. That's A-L-E-G-R-E-H-R. And you can find those folks at AllegraHR.com. As you know, we had a series, if you listen to the program on a regular basis, we had a series of discussions over the last couple of months about human resources, hiring, working uh, with people, developing your workforce. And the people at Allegra HR are some of the best that I have ever met in during my career to help you with your HR issues, to prepare you to hire better people, anything you need, all the way to the unfortunate time of termination. I would encourage you, if you have one or more employee, because these folks work with all sizes of business, one to 500 to 1,000. They're well prepared to work with you in any area. So go to Allegra. A-L-E-G-R-E-H-R.com to learn more about what they offer. And I also want to remind you, as I try to do every week, remember we're on Facebook. And I really would appreciate it if you're a new listener to like us on Facebook. It's the Weekly Business Hour page. And set up an alert so each week when a podcast of this show is posted on Wednesday following the Monday show, you'll get an alert. You can take a look at who was on the show, what we discussed. Something looks interesting. You can click on it and listen to the show. So please like us on Facebook at the Weekly Business Hour page. Well, let's talk about what we have lined up today. First of all, we have our special guest in the studio. We have a partner uh, partnership in the studio, husband and wife on top of that. A lot of interesting challenges, but Leonard and Sabrina Amell are here. They're the owners of the Amell Agency, an insurance agency in the Montgomery County area, and they'll be joining us to talk about their business. Also joining us in the expert corner will be Lisa McElroy, who happens to be the founder of Allegra HR. And we're going to continue our discussion about hiring the right candidate for the job that you're looking to fill. So please stick around for the expert corner. And I'm going to close out today's show with my tip of the week. How do I know I am right when I hire someone? So please stick around for that as well. So I encourage you sit back, grab your pad and pencil, get ready to take notes as we talk about the business right here on the weekly business hour. And one thing you can do to be part of that discussion, if you have a question or a comment about the show or even a question about your own business, just send me an email. I love to get those questions about people's business because, as you know, as a One Best Consult, I do mentoring and advising to small businesses. So send me an email. I love to receive them, and I'll give you my best response and hopefully help you find an answer to the question that you have. Rick, R-I-C-K, at IRLoneStar.com. That's Rick at IRLoneStar.com. Send me your emails, comments about the show, anything you want to talk about related to business. Or if you desire, call me, 832-699-2132. Well, we've got a lot of great things going on here in Montgomery County, a lot of great business, a lot of new businesses, a lot of opportunities for growth. And the weekly business hour is where Montgomery County and people really throughout the world in business come to talk about the latest in business news, ideas to improve their business, and to hear from some of their own local business leaders on how they have found success right here in Montgomery County. 
And don't forget that podcast will be posted on Wednesday. So if you miss part of the show or you want to re-listen, you simply go to YouTube at our channel, The Weekly Business Hour, Facebook, The Weekly Business Hour page, and a number of other social media sites to listen to that podcast. Well, we're to that part of the show where we talk about business, business right here in Montgomery County. And I'm blessed to have some great guests today who have started a business and building their business right here in Montgomery County. Leonard and Sabrina Amell, the owners of the Amell Agency. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Rick. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. Well, it's always interesting to me to have uh, partners on the show because partnerships can be difficult. I was blessed in my business career to have some really good partners in a couple businesses that I started. Uh, and then to have husband and wife, there's dynamics to that. But before we kind of dive into that, let's talk about the history of your business. You've been in business for a while. You have some background that led you to that business. Talk to us about that and tell us how you got started. Uh, thank you, Rick. Uh, so Sabrina and I, we've been in business since uh, 2006. Interestingly, uh, we're not first generation uh, insurance uh, um, agents. Uh, my grandfather was an insurance agent. Uh, my uncle was an insurance agent, uh, and and now I am. And uh, our son, Timothy, also has his license. So if he continues to stay in that field, he'd be fourth generation in the business. Um, so we've been in the Montgomery uh, area since uh, since 2006. Long time to be in the area. Now, prior to, yeah. have you done anything but insurance all your life? Uh, I was actually, so uh, I have an undergrad and a master's degree. Um and I was actually uh, going to go do my PhD in history. That was actually my passion and dream was to become a, a history professor. Uh, met my my wife, Sabrina, and that kind, uh, kind of changed uh, drastically. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's an interesting story, or maybe we shouldn't go there. <laughs> uh, no, it's fine. I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, it's, so, so Sabrina and I, we went to uh, elementary school together. St. Okay. Edwards, uh, St. Edwards uh, Catholic uh, School, not too far off here. And uh, our families were always friends, and uh, we we just uh, kind of rekindled an old friendship, and uh, and got married. So I've been married now for thirteen years. Well, Sabrina, what brought you into the business, though? I mean, were you, was your goal to be in business, or or did your husband talk you into it, or vice versa, or what? It was probably a little bit of both. Um, my background is not not the same as his, so I don't have that insurance background that he does. I think it's kind of in his blood to to do something like that. He's a people person. Um, I'm more of an introvert, and um, I'm very logical in my thinking. So management was actually a good fit for me. Um, although back in the day when I was in college, I went to Vanderbilt, and I was there for engineering. So um, I'm really good at math and things that most people don't really <laughs> don't really enjoy. But um, I like you know making plans and and having to deal with the, the business side of things. And so that's more my expertise. And um, although I was a stay-at-home mom for quite a number of the time of the years that we were married, um, he kind of pulled me and he's like, okay, I need your expertise now. And um, it was a good time for us because it was a time of growth for at that point, but he really needed organization. And so that's kind of why I've been involved most recently in the, the last three years. Um, then, and now this year, it's, it's pretty much full-time for me. You know, I'll be frank with you, too. Just as I put on my mentor advisor hat, your involvement makes more sense than he because he's a history major, which right way. <laughs> but you're an engineer, which has that logical thinking, that organization. <laughs> and my understanding is you run the day to day, the operational side of the business. 
So I, I would sense just on paper that you would be better qualified or more likely to succeed in what you do. So I make that, that offhand comment. Uh, that's interesting. But the salesman sold you on coming into the business, right? Yes, he did. <laughs> well, that's great. Well, you know, literally, you know, one of the things uh, in a partnership is relationship. I mean, you build relationships just like you do in sales, right? Definitely. And uh, how do you guys go about building that partnership relationship? I think it's understanding our roles. And, and that really is essentially that when Sabrina came in, I told her, you know, I want to grow this agency. I want, I want us to do something special, but I'm, I want to focus on sales. And, and really what I want your help in is how do we execute uh, better marketing practices? How do we get better organized? How do we pay our agents commission and have that properly structured? I, that's not my forte. That's not what I'm strong, strong at. So it's really just knowing our roles in that I essentially know that I'm good with clients and selling and explaining insurance. And so I essentially take care of that aspect and Sabrina takes care of everything else. <laughs> so... Why, she looks stronger and stronger in this relationship. The more you talk, you need to be careful there. She'll ask for a raise. <laughs> well, you know, that's fantastic. And, yeah. and let's kind of go on a little further in that relationship, if you've got on mind. I mean, you're husband and wife. Right. You're not only partners, which has its own challenges, uh, but now you're husband and wife. So that's even another kind of a level to go to. How do, Sabrina, do you make that work? I mean, you've got business, you got home, you got family. A lot of moving parts Last there. Kids, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a challenge, a daily challenge, that's for sure. Um, but I think, like Leonard said, I mean, knowing your strengths, knowing what your roles are, um, and and sticking to that, it makes a big difference. Um, you know, if we were kind of overlapping too much and stepping on each other's toes, it just doesn't work. Um, and so, when we're communicating well and staying on track and you know, I know what I'm, what my duties are in the office and he knows what his are. And then when we need to collaborate, you know, we have little mini meeting sessions and we kind of, you know, get to the nitty gritty of stuff like budget meetings. That's something we have to do together. together. So but I don't like budget that, meetings. No, no one likes budget <laughs> meetings. It's not just you. You're, you're, you're correct. A lot of my clients, that's, that's a, the big B as we call it in my practice. So, but they're necessary. Like you say, well, let me ask you that. I mean, your, your, your family, do you take the business home? Do you discuss it across the kitchen table? I mean, or do you draw a line that when you walk over that threshold, if you will, of the office, then it all stops? How do you make that work? It, you know, it's it, it's hit or miss, you know, essentially in that, like, and, in, in, you know, we try not to discuss things in the mornings uh, in, or in the evenings. We try to leave it at work, at the workplace, because we do have five kids, and, and that also takes up a lot of our time. So we try to leave that in the workplace. Does it work for you, Sabrina? I think for the most part, we do pretty well. Um, you know, when we, family is extremely important to us. And that's probably one of the reasons why we do what we do, because we have a lot of flexibility to travel with our kids and to do things. So they know, you know, when we're busy, we do set times that we do have to go into the office on the weekends or we have to work a little late or something. But the kids know that they come first, I think. And so we do make a point, and it is something you have to make a point to do, be very intentional in setting those boundaries. Um, or, or it can make, it can make uh, the home life really difficult if you yeah, don't. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. Mm -hmm. well, let's go back to something, Leonard, you mentioned about you needed some discipline or guidance in marketing. Uh, how do you all market mm -hmm. your business? Well, so we're... Um, very heavily involved in the Hispanic uh, Chamber of Commerce. Uh, Sabrina is also involved in NIA. 
and uh, we, we do different things. I mean, you know, internet, we, you know, um, social media, social media, media. I, I, you know, a lot of different things uh, that, that we do to, to market our business. Let me ask you, uh, the networking part mm-hmm. you mentioned, the first was the chamber involvement and also NIA involvement. Uh, what of all these things uh, and also the social media, where do you find the most benefit currently? Because I know that changes. What yeah, brings sure. in the leads or the referrals or whatever it is to bring in that new business? By far, by far, um, out of everything we've tried, any traditional methods or anything, by far it's been networking through our Chamber of Commerce has been phenomenal in just, you know, the education that we receive, the knowledge, the wisdom that comes down from Dr. Carlos Sanchez and just having that support um, from other businesses as well. And I think they've gotten to know us in the time that we've been there. And, you know, we're, we're thankful for, for being in that group and that they've given us a chance, you know, to get to know us a little bit better. And, you know, that's where their referrals are really coming from. Well, that's great because I think good networking always pays off, but you have to do it right. Sounds like y'all have done it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, believe it or not, we are already at our first break. So we'll take a break here uh, for some commercials and public service announcements. But when we come back, we're going to talk with the MLs more about the insurance business and also about business insurance as well. So please stay with us. We'll be right back with you. Human resources play a huge role in today's business world and can be a real challenge for small businesses. Allegre is a premier option in small business HR solutions and needs. Allegre HR advisors provide help to small business owners by allowing them to focus on operational needs while providing solutions that address all areas of human resources. To find out more, contact Allegre HR advisors today at 281-620-0713 or visit AllegreHR.com. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's radio station with talk, music, weather, and traffic for Montgomery County. Have a question, comment about one of our shows? Want to know how to reach a host? Just contact the station on IRLoneStar.com or call in and leave a message at 936-647-3776. Get involved with your community with Lone Star Community Radio. You are listening to the Weekly Business Hour, and this is Rick Schisler, founder of One Best Consult. And we're having a conversation here on the Weekly Business Hour with Leonard and Sabrina Amell, the owners of the Amell Agency. Well, Leonard and Sabrina, insurance, uh, business insurance today is somewhat of a challenge. Uh, I know I mentor a lot of small businesses, and uh, insurance done right uh, can be a challenge for small businesses. Kind of give us an update on what's happening in the small business insurance market. Well, I think, um, we're, you know, the one thing is that we're very blessed to be independent. So we can essentially offer the best pricing uh, for the best uh, product out there. Um, it is challenging, I think, uh, just because of, uh, you know, Hurricane Harvey. We definitely have seen rates go up. Uh, but we are we also are seeing uh, newer markets come into the area. So that definitely helps us in the small business uh, area. Anything mm-hmm. else to forecast as far as what may or may not happen? Just, you know, one of the things, mm-hmm. and let me kind of switch gears. Uh, I have one of those mind things, but 
small businesses I have found, and I'm talking 5, 10, 50, 100 or more employees, it really typically towards the smaller end as far as employee size or sales size, they don't really pay enough attention to their insurance. Mm-hmm. And they need a good advisor. This is my recommendation to my clients. They need, I look at it as an insurance agent, as an advisor, like a lawyer, an accountant. How do you come across or how do you work with small businesses as an advisor? Definitely pre- presenting all the needs. So, you know, uh, ironically, we had a, a workers' comp claim happen this last week, and it was with an insurer that had actually been with us for five years, and we had done his general liability insurance. But every time his policy came up for renewal, we brought it up. And so I think that's it's very important to continuously bring up the coverages that you're that you feel your insurers need, regardless if they buy it or um, buy it or not. And this particular time he did, and one of his insurers was hurt working on a centrifuge. So I felt I was just very, very happy with <laughs> <laughs> the fact that he did buy it and he did have it because it, it, it looks like it is going to be a pretty big claim. So it's constantly just always reminding your, your clients of the need for insurance, regardless if they buy it or not. And I don't think they most clients see it as being pesty is that you just really care. Because at the end of the day, it's not about a sale. It's, it's really about a relationship that you want to build with them because, you know, they renew every year. So you want to build that relationship and not have them leave at renewal because they're like, well, where were you? You know, you were never there for me. You know, don't feel bad about that. One of the things years ago when I wanted to become or thought about becoming a mentor and advisor and my mentor, one of the mentors I had at that time who was an accountant, a professional accountant, told me, he says, they won't always listen and you're going to have to get used to that. Right. (laughs) It's a fact, right? Right, it (laughs) is. Well, let me ask you about your business. I mean, measuring business success. I mean, Revenue oftentimes is used, profit always used. What are some of the measures, though, you use for yourself and for your business to measure success? Mm-hmm. I, I would definitely say, I mean, we have uh, gross sales that we that we look at. So, for example, let's say we want to hit a mark of, you know, $5 million in written premium, $6 million. So we, we, we definitely set goals. Uh, I think the benefit of being in business now, um, 13 years, we – we know what we need to have as far as operational expenses. So now it's, okay, where, where do we want to go? How, how large do we want to grow? Do we want to add, you know, more agents? Um, did you want to maybe uh, talk about that a little bit as well, Sabrina? Well, I, uh-huh. well, for sure, we do look at our, you know, revenue and sales. Um, we're not so nitpicky anymore. Um, we used to be more so, I think, in the earlier days uh, when we we're tr- really trying to hit sales goals, but now um, we're a little more lax only because we're, we've been very consistent in hitting those and going beyond that. And um, we've been very blessed in that, in that manner. Um, We have a great team, but um, we definitely do constantly, you have to always be paying attention to uh, what those numbers are. Even if you're not throwing that out to your teams um, for sales, like you've got to hit this and really get on them. We don't really do business that way. We never really have. But you do need to know where you stand. If you don't, you, you'll run the chance of and, and the risk of losing business or, or not making business. it or not making it. <laughs> yeah. And that's really important for yeah. small businesses. You've got to pay attention. Someone's got to be in charge of looking at those numbers. Let me ask you this question. You know, one of the things that, that I challenge myself with my clients is to determine growth. What rate do we want to grow or like I always work with clients, the exit strategy. We try to, if I start with a client who's starting new, what did, what's your exit strategy? And they kind of look at you. What do you mean, 20 years from now? I say, yes. 
what's the growth? I mean, mm-hmm. how do you deal? I mean, do you set goals five, 10, three years out that you want to grow, whether that's revenue or other factors? Do you look at growth as a goal as far as that's where we'd like to be or where we want to be or need to be or whatever the, the equation is? How do you deal with growth? I, 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 for, the way I look at it is, is more about in the insurance industry is more about written premium. Uh, so we're constantly wanting to, to obviously write more business. So for example, if, you know, if we said we did, you know, 5 million last year, well, where do we want to be this, this coming year? Do we want to be at five and a half? Do we want to be at 6 million? And how do we, how do we obtain those goals? So it might be, for example, adding on more agents. And that's exactly where we currently are is that we've, we have customer service reps. We want to add now more producers, more agents, because that's essentially how you're going to increase those marks. So for example, my ultimate, well, not my ultimate goal, but one of my big goals is I would really like to hit the mark of doing 10 million in written premium. Well, I'm not going to be able to do that myself (laughs) and Celeste, you know, in the office, we need to add on more insurance agents. So that's where talking with Sabrina, we sit down and like, okay, where can we get that money to, you know, be able to hire somebody or how are we going to pay them? And that's where her expertise really comes in and figuring out those numbers. Well, this is what the industry is paying. So we need to get, you know, X amount of dollars in reserve, you know what I mean? To be able to pay that person plus commissions. So it's really a balancing act to kind of continue the growth process. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And speaking about growth, I mean, what do you see some of the big challenges? I mean, 2018, the country talks about business is growing, things have turned around, um, and, and it's, it's, it's not really definite. I mean, we're, what, 2.9% uh, GDP mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter, so 3 to 4%, the economists say, is a really good place to be uh, in our economy. But what do you see here in your market as some of the challenges, though, for small businesses, your business, and maybe other businesses? Well, I know for, for us, for, for growing our, our own business, um, a big challenge is staying competitive with what salary you're offering, what benefits you're offering. So you always have to kind of have your ear to the ground and what, what other companies out there, even the mid-sized companies, you kind of need to know what you're up against because you want good hires. You want to have a good team in your office. You want people that are going to want to come to work every day and be there and really do their best. And that, to me, that's the biggest challenge for smaller businesses because we don't have the kind of capability or the money to throw at just hiring these awesome, huge, you know, great people. I mean, you've got to find, you know, the diamonds in the rough, so to speak. That makes a lot of, so hiring is a big challenge. Anything else? Um, I I mean, I'd say definitely um, pricing, you know, wise, as far as being competitive in the insurance market. So, I mean, there are, you know, insurance is, is like real estate. I mean, we're, we're a dime a dozen, you know what I mean? So it, it's in order to, to be competitive, you have to continue to offer good service. So, and, and being able to, to stay in front of people. So I think it's an, it's important for, for us to continue to give a good customer service to our clients. You have to have a way to stand out. And from, from how do you other. stand out? That's mm-hmm. a great question. I mean, in itself, because it is like many mm-hmm. businesses, lots of competition. How do you stand yeah. out at the ML agency? You have to be, I know for us, it's very important. The customer service is key um, because what else do we have to offer if, I mean, the insurance, the rates are going to be, you know, 
we don't, that's out of our control. We can't dictate the rates. So what do we have to offer? What makes us different from another agent, whether they're independent or a captive agent, is that we're great to work with. We're easy to work with. We make it so that it's, it should be an easy choice. And um, we make time for you. Um, we're genuine. We're ethical. Those types of things. And that has to come out in how we treat that customer or a potential customer. And if they don't see that, then they're not going to go with us. And that's their choice. But before Sabrina came on, um, we were entirely 100% pretty much referral based. And, and so that to me really just speaks on the customers, the, the customer service that we provide for, for our clients. We've been changing that. And we were probably like a $3 million book of business based on referrals and God willing, it looks like we'll probably hit six this year. And so I think that has, that attributes a lot to, to what Sabrina is doing and getting out there. But the thing is too, it's, it's being present when, when somebody says, call me, do you really call them? Do you really follow up? Do you really do what it takes to take to that next step to make it happen? And that's really important to me because when, when I say I'm going to do something, I actually do it. I follow through. And, uh, and when it comes to renewals, actually reaching out to the customers 30 days out and letting them know where they are, where we're working on those renewals so that they actually have a relationship with us. They're not just a number. Right. And that relationship building is true. I believe as, as a person who's been in business for over 40 years, I hate to say that number, it makes me sound old, but <laughs> lots of experience, common sense experiences I like to share with people. But let me ask you, now you, you're in an industry, it's extremely competitive, lots of things happen uh, happening around. What changes do you see for insurance? Uh, small business insurance, or you guys are also in the personal insurance business over the next three, five, 10 years, are there, what changes might happen, particularly if I'm a consumer? business mm -hmm. owner or whatnot. What is it that's going to be different in your opinion? I, I mean, I, I, I foresee personally um, more ins smaller insurance companies coming into the market. So uh, pieces of companies trying to come in and buy up the market. So we've seen that with companies like UPC, um, American Risk that want a, a, essentially a, a share of the market. I think companies like uh, State Farm, Liberty Mutual have gotten hit pretty badly over the years and their rates are very uncompetitive, but that's also because they own a huge share of the market. And so in order for them to stay in business, to, to be able to sustain those losses and stay in business, they have to raise their rates. So smaller companies are able to come in that do have good financials and, and pick up uh, lots of uh, pieces of, of that market. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I, I'm optimistic, I think, as a whole for the insurance industry. Um, we stay very uh, active, being proactive in finding new markets. And the thing is, too, you know, we have uh, good relationships with other insurance agents in the market. So we don't have that law. We have we kind of believe in the law of abundance mentality. And so we work with other agents. We refer out other business and we talk. I think when you when you give you receive and you let people know, Hey, this, this is what's going on in this industry in the tow market. This is what's going on out. You know, this company is pulling out. So we talk and we help each other out. And I think that has helped us a lot as well. Well, by the way, we're at the end of the program. I can't believe it. You guys have been so great to visit with today. Thank you. Lots of good advice. It sounds like you got a wonderful business, a wonderful partnership relationship there. If folks want to reach out and talk to you about business or doing business with you, What's the best way for them to do that? Call us 346-224-8427. Um, That's our office number. And we're there eight to five every day. 
Um, so that's the easiest way. Um, you can ask for me, Sabrina ML. You can look me up on Facebook um, or Leonard. We're, we're both active on there. <laughs> well, and I believe you're available 24-7, so to speak. <laughs> Don't call it midnight, right? I understand. Right. But you're available. Though we do have clients that do, but, you know, <laughs> but we're there. Well, thank you again so much for thank joining you. us. And ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go to our bottom of the hour break. And when we come back from that break, we're going to have Lisa McElroy, the founder of Allegra HR, join us. And we're going to talk about a little bit more in that conversation we've been having over the past couple of months about hiring the right people. So please stay with us. We'll be right back with you. Human resources play a huge role in today's business world and can be a real challenge for small businesses. Allegre is a premier option in small business HR solutions and needs. Allegre HR advisors provide help to small business owners by allowing them to focus on operational needs while providing solutions that address all areas of human resources. To find out more, contact Allegre HR advisors today at 281-620-0713 or visit AllegreHR.com. Listen in Mondays at noon to hear Conroe news from local nonprofits, businesses, upcoming events, Conroe Park events, news stories, and information that matters to you with your host, Margie Taylor of Taylorized PR. For more information about being a guest, visit IRLoneStar.com slash Conroe Culture. You're listening to the Weekly Business Hour, and this is Rick Schisler, the founder of One Best Consult and your host for the Weekly Business Hour. And thank you for being with us today. We're going to go shortly to the expert corner. Got a wonderful expert with us today, Lisa McElroy of Allegra HR. But before we do, I want to remind you, if you're listening and you have a business here in the Montgomery County area, you too can be a sponsor of the show. We love our sponsors. We love to have you connect with the show. It's a great place to connect your business. All you need to do is reach out to me via email, rick at irlonestar.com. I'll send you some information. I think you'll find that we offer a good opportunity for you to put your business out here before the Montgomery County business and those who are consumers. It doesn't matter what kind of business you're in. We've got a lot of great listeners here on the weekly business hour. Well, let's go to the business at hand, expert corner, Lisa McElroy. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Well, I trust that you and your family had a good Easter and you're ready for a new beginning to take it a spring and then ultimately summer into consideration. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy winter is over. Oh, my goodness. So happy. Well, my prayers turn to the other side. I hope spring lasts a little bit longer than it did last year, so it won't get so hot so fast, right? Yeah, good point. Good point. Well, let's talk about uh, human resources. You and I had, I think, a really good conversation a while back earlier this year about hiring people. And we left off, was it with the candidate selection part of the discussion? Yes. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, selecting candidates, uh, many small businesses, you well know from your business, struggle with finding good candidates and determining well, who's the best candidate. Talk to us a little bit about the interview process and how we go about finding the right candidate for our job. 
Sure. Uh, well, the, the my number one rule in, in candidate selection is for the small business to make their own life easier. Um, you know, HR should keep an eye on how many applicants are coming into that application process and stop it, you know, literally close down those, those postings, those ads that might be running whenever they start to see that they're, they're starting to hit about 100 applicants um, because typically it takes 100 applicants to get one hire in the door, and that's just about for just about for any job you can think of. Um, but the key to, to a small business making their life easier when it comes to interviewing is to only interview those individuals who truly meet those minimum job requirements. Um, those are your candidates. Everybody else, you know, they may not have any experience that applies to that job at all. Those are only applicants. And applicants do not need to be interviewed. And my personal opinion is that applicants should not be interviewed. Um, you just want to interview the ones that meet your minimum job requirements. And if you, uh, if you remember from our last conversation, we also talked about preferred job requirements. And that's really a wish list. But it's a great thing to have on a job description because it lets the employer define where the difference is between a normal average candidate who's going to meet all the minimum job requirements and a person who could really walk in, not require too much training, hit the ground running, and be a rock star. That's, 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 the, that's the difference between the preferred attributes and the EEOC version of minimum job requirements. So if you can you know, filter people uh, who have those preferred attributes, um, and interview them first, you'll be ahead of the game. Well, you know, to go back over that ground a little bit, this is based on my experience to be the one that's involved in the hiring process and more particularly working with my clients. It seems like when we are a smaller business uh, and we go to hire somebody, we, we want to talk to everybody. You know, we want to see who's out there. Uh, I remember working for a larger company. In fact, it was our family business. We had 800 employees. And I one time worked with a senior management person and they said, well, I've got to interview at least 25 people before I can tell who's the best. In other words, they, they, they want to right. develop a pool of 25 candidates right. Right. and I'll select the best one from that pool, which is somewhat got it backwards in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I mean, how do you teach people the discipline only to interview the people that have your the attributes and so on and so forth for the job? Well, part of it is you know, a lot of people are just gun shy. A lot of hiring managers have had some bad experiences. Um, in, in my worldview, it goes back to how well does the company know the job that it's hiring for? And going back to getting, getting the house in order, so to speak, knowing what that job is, what does it really entail, um, who does it touch? Where does it have an impact? Um, and and what are you know what are the requirements that they truly need? If they want to interview twenty five people, you know, personally, I could say, man, they're probably not busy enough <laughs> because interviewing is so hard. It is so hard to actually do it right, and 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 the fewer, the better. Um, but you know, you've got to, 
you've got to set the bar where you actually need it to be. And you can't do that if you really haven't rolled up your sleeves and investigated that job. It's Typically, jobs are not as easy as we think they are. Uh, there's, there's usually a, a, a thorn on the road somewhere. Well, you make a great point there. And one of the things that you also talk about is having multiple interviews. In other words, getting more than one person involved in the process, uh, which I happen to believe in wholeheartedly because I've seen the stats, the statistics, just having another person interview the same candidate about the opportunities that you have to select the right one. The statistics show your chances of finding the right person just skyrocket when you have one or more actually participate in the interview. Oh yeah, the the more um, the more uh, human contact you can have a candidate uh, make within your organization, um, even if this is not going to be somebody they work with frequently, it's still great just to get somebody's opinion of how that conversation went. You know, how did they how did they seem? Just just as a coworker, um, it's it's still great. Plus, you know, putting them through their paces. I'm a firm believer in kind of tough interviews. Um, it, once, once the candidates are narrowed down, you know, they can be taken to lunch and, you know, things might get a little bit lighter. Um, although may, they may also get deeper as well, but, uh, but I'm a firm believer in putting out a challenging first interview to make sure you got the right person that you're going to, and time on because time is money. And when you've got all your executives tied up in various interviews, it's a costly process, no matter what job you're hiring for. Well, you know, and, and to talk about that a little to, towards the smaller business, I mean, you, I'm the owner of the business. I'm, you know, I've got a handful of employees. I'm just starting out. And I say, well, who else do I have on staff that I want to interview? One of the things I've seen in my practice work is a person will invite their spouse to actually have a cup of coffee using that more relaxed atmosphere yep. and talk to yep. a candidate, whether it's a line worker, a delivery yep. person, or office staff. And there have been folks who have given me reason to believe they're very successful with that process. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. When, when it's a small, small business, like you pointed out, family owned, um, bring in everybody whose opinion is, is trusted and, you know, the, that's why a lot of people prefer to work for small businesses. It feels more like a family. So the more casual it can be is great, but you're still getting good feedback on that relationship as it's being built, if it's going to be built for the future. Well, let me ask you now, we've, we've narrowed ourselves down to candidates. What about the questioning and the selection process part of that? Yeah. Um, above what I had said just a second ago is, you know, asking the hard questions and, and having people really have to think uh, about the answer that they're giving you um, rather than just something that's, you know, kind of scripted in their head about how much sales they've done or whatever. Um, not only do you want to make sure you have set that bar high and that that bar is truly lined up with the job requirements, you want to make it job related, not personal um but you you want it to be qualitative you you want it to be robust you want it to be well-rounded i i always advise clients against the idea of having everybody score 
you know, rank their candidates, you know, on a scale one to five, where would you put this person? When everybody sits at the round table and discusses those interviews at the end of the day or the end of the week, having a scale really doesn't bring value to that, to that business owner's um, input to their discussion, um, to their, their view. What they really need um, is just, again, that human perception and that interface, and as well as the fact that doing some scoring and ranking can create some problems if things go south later on. Um, so keeping it qualitative and um, just you know face-to-face is, is far better than just saying on a scale of 1 to 10, this person's a 9 because you can't prove that. There's no way to prove that. Well, I've actually seen a situation, and this is maybe what you're alluding to. You'll have two or three people do an interview, put a score, and the one with the best score is the one they select. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Whereas what they're really saying is, you know, this person has the better experience. This person is more of a preferred candidate because they're going to be more of a rock star than the folks who maybe met those minimum requirements. They really don't mean this person is a 10. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, it's just, it's kind of a shorthand. So don't take shorthand, take longhand. Especially when you're hiring. Well, Lisa, believe it or not, we've run out of time already this morning. And I I really want you to come back if you're open to that and talk about some of the more technical aspects, such as background checking. I mean, I hear a lot of discussion when I visit with small business people. Uh, They they skip that process because of various things. And hopefully we can come back and talk a little bit more about that and some of the other parts of doing a successful hire in the near future. Absolutely. My pleasure. Well, thank you, Lisa. And ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take our final break of the day. And when I come back, I'm going to give you my... uh, Number one best consult uh, tip of the day, and that is, how do I know I have the right person for the job? So please stay with us, and we'll continue that conversation about human resources. Be right back with you. Human resources play a huge role in today's business world and can be a real challenge for small businesses. Allegre is a premier option in small business HR solutions and needs. Allegre HR advisors provide help to small business owners by allowing them to focus on operational needs while providing solutions that address all areas of human resources. To find out more, contact Allegre HR advisors today at 281-620-0713 or visit AllegreHR.com. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show. With monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936-647-3776. You are listening to the Weekly Business Hour, and this is Rick Schisler, your one best consult, bringing you my tip of the week, the one best consult tip of the week. Hope you've enjoyed the previous parts of the show. And don't forget, we have a podcast of the show. 
posted each Wednesday after our show. You can find it on YouTube, on our channel, The Weekly Business Hour, as well as on Facebook, on our page, The Weekly Business Hour, or go right to the IRLoneStar.com station website, and you can find us under The Weekly Business Hour. How do I know I'm right when I hire someone? You know, that's one of those proverbial questions I like to think is to go through the process somewhat like Lisa and I were just talking about, uh, Lisa McElroy with Allegra HR, about going through candidate selection, who to interview. Don't interview applicants, interview candidates. Big difference there. Having that discipline to interview the right people, the ones that are actually qualified for the job. Uh, Once you get in through all that process and you make that decision and you've hired somebody, then sometimes a question uh, arises in your mind, the back of your mind, did we hire the right person? Well, if you have a really good process in place, a process that is vibrant, one that you continue to work with, because it's an important part of your business. Yes, bringing in revenue, delivering product and services, billing and accounting for those billings, customer relations, all those things are important. But an important piece before you really do any of that is having the right people, the right team working for you. And one of the things that you need to do is be able to evaluate very quickly if you want Did you get the right person in the right job? Because letting somebody sit there has obvious results that's not qualified for the job. You're going to see that. It's going to start popping up right away. So first of all, you have your expectation of success. You need to understand what your chances are to whatever degree you're able of finding a success, being successful in finding the right candidate. In other words, your hiring process has produced someone And one of the ways to measure that right off the bat to evaluate yourself, or if you will, provide yourself with a report card, is to measure your turnover ratio. Now, you can do it for the company as a whole. If you've grown larger and have 20, 30, 50 or more employees, break down to departments, analyze your turnover ratio. And believe it or not, if you've not done this, there uh, there is information out there available by industry and even by position in some cases of what average turnover ratios look like that gives you somewhat of a benchmark. But your goal should be long-term, obviously, to reduce your turnover ratio. And you've got so many benefits. I mean, you reduce your turnover ratio, guarantee you your company is doing a better job, your company is building for success, it's working because you're building a mature workforce, one that can deliver on what you promise. And it's very important, but measuring that turnover ratio, looking at it on a quarterly or annual basis, and saying, okay, did it improve over last year? Are we moving forward? That's an immediate way that you can tell uh, whether you're doing a better job. I wrote a blog about this. If you want to see more, it's posted on our one. That's the number one bestconsult.com website entitled, How Do I Know I Am Right? When I hire someone, I give a particular example of my own experience back in the day where I could measure and a difference it made in the company I was working for at that time. Once you set your expectations, then set that benchmark for your company. Once you've looked at everything, you've analyzed your turnover ratio. Again, this is not hard to do. Very easy to do something you can do yourself. If you have a bookkeeper accountant, they can run the number if you'd like, but you can do it yourself. Then what is your benchmark going to be? Set a benchmark for your company. Now, there are other ways that you can absolutely measure success in hiring, and I'm going to give you a few of them here. One of them is you put everybody on a 90-day trial. That's part of your process of hiring. And at the end of that 90 days, or maybe at 30, 60 days and 90, you do an evaluation. Both parties participate. Am I happy in the job that I've taken? 
Are you happy with the work I've done? Some very simple questions, some evaluation. You might check with employees, customers, vendors, develop a simple feedback system to see if a new employee, whoever they have contact with, is satisfied or they're happy or, hey, they're doing a great job. That's a second great way to evaluate your current hire. Third way is have a goal system. Uh, if you're in a manufacturing business, the number of pieces each day or week, are they producing according to your guidelines? Uh, that's a great way to measure if you've made a right hire, at least on the production side. Do quality evaluations. All kinds of tools are available to you in this particular area. The key is building a hiring and evaluation process and keep tweaking it, keep building it. Never, never, ever stop improving your business. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for joining us this week. Hopefully you've gotten some information that's beneficial to you, perhaps picked up a tip or two that will help you in your business just right today, if possible. And I ask you to please put a note on your calendar to join us again next week. 11 o'clock, we'll be here with the weekly business hour right on IRLoneStar.com. And remember, you can sponsor the weekly business hour. Just reach out to me at Rick on IRLoneStar.com. So until next week, my encouragement is always stay engaged and keep a focus on what counts in your business. Thanks. Thank you for checking out this production of Lone Star Community Radio. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's community radio station. Don't forget to check out this show and many others across the Lone Star Community Radio Network. Either live on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, the Lone Star Internet Radio app, or IRLoneStar.com's live audio stream, and on replay on podcasts, Channel 12's Our City TV and Conroe, or Channel 21 KVQT in Houston, and of course their YouTube channel. This production is copyrighted and all rights are reserved by Lone Star Community Radio. Have a question regarding this program or other Lone Star Community Radio shows? Want to sponsor or start your own show? Call the station message line at 936-647-3776 or email the station at lscrstudios at gmail.com.